You are listening to the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. And for that, I apologize. Hello, and thanks for downloading the Two Sorry Excuses podcast, recording live via via the internet. I'm your old pal Sanders. I'm your good buddy Liv. And if you are keeping score at home, this is episode 163, the NFL Draft Breakdown Edition. Oh yes, it is NFL Draft Night. <laughs> You're on the clock, Livy. You are on the clock. Cleveland took Baker Mayfield in the first fucking pick. Uh, more importantly, the uh, Indianapolis Colts, who kept their pick... Uh, picked Quentin Nelson, not only a, a pick of need, um, but also a very highly ranked offensive lineman for Notre Dame, but most importantly, a New Jersey Shore native. Oh, nice. Yeah, I went to uh, went to Red Bank Catholic. He's a Probably local owns kid. a lot of hair product and uh, suntan lotion and stuff, huh? Tattoos <laughs> and a... Uh, well, he has a, it's a, a given if he's a lineman of... Football lineman, he's full of tattoos. They're always all tatted up. <laughs> um, although, speaking of Jersey, I got a good kick out of the fact that the uh, the Boston Red Sox are are shunning their racist past by uh, renaming Yawkey Way uh, Jersey Ave. Is that what they're I renaming is- it? I, I guess that was the old name of the street okay. um, before they 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 dedicated it to uh, what's it Tom Yawkey? Yeah, and they only changed it. It it wasn't that long ago in their history that they changed it to Yawkey Way. Yeah, yeah. So um, Jersey in the news, as they say. Nice Jersey in as the news. Say. Um. Yeah. No NFL draft. Uh, no NFL draft talk. Although. Um, That's fine because I only. Um, I I only heard the first pick because I was in the car coming home when it happened, and I was listening to the show. And the problem is, I'm a Saints fan. They're not going to pick till like one in the morning if they do at this rate. Yeah, <laughs> since they got like twenty seventh pick in the draft or whatever. I um I canceled my PlayStation View. Um, it, it just wasn't worth it. I'm getting into the summer. I'm not going to be watching. Soccer's almost over. Um, so there's really no sporting events that I can't get elsewhere. Um, and I might re-up in uh, the fall for football, but yeah. it, that's not even a given because I was really uh, turned off by the by the NFL product last year. It just wasn't wasn't good. It, you know, there's too much of it. It's everywhere. It's saturation, whatever. Um, but yeah, I canceled the I canceled the uh, PlayStation View. So I've got no broadcast TV, but I was listening to it on, uh, on uh, I guess I guess technically the radio. It was on um, Echo, Amazon Echo. Oh, okay. Um, downloaded the NFL radio station or ESPN radio or something like that, um, and they do they have pretty pretty good coverage. But I, they're all so fucking insufferable, man. It just get over it. You know they've been talking about the draft for four months. Yeah, I know. I know the radio show that I was listening to, you know, local show with um, Bobby Abear or whatever. They would call it the 
they they were gone through their mock draft and they were calling it their mockery of mock draft. You know, because it's just so yeah. over the fucking. <laughs> it really is. I'll tell you what, though. Uh, 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 besides this bigger Mayfield thing, um, it, a lot of people got it right. I, I guess it was you know it was a pretty chalky kind of draft. Um, the, I recognize all the names that are going, yeah. and I guess if you've got coverage for four months, you're bound to. Well, educate yourself it's, a little bit. It stokes interest. But apparently when I was here in the radio, because I don't follow all that much, like the pre-draft stuff, especially since my team isn't picking in the top three picks. So I really don't care that much. And I don't have yeah, ESPN, right. so I'm not watching all that stuff. But, um, you know, they were thinking like Sam Darnold was going good number one. But then like overnight, the odds in Vegas on Baker Mayfield – went through the roof, you know, and they were like, and then when he went, you know, and they were on the radar, like, ah, oh, Vegas knew they got a tip, you know, because it, it <laughs> shifted like suddenly, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> Where he became the odds on favorite when, like, you know, it's a, and I guess it's because the owner said he wanted Baker Mayfield, you know? Oh, is that how it went down? Yeah, I guess the owner was like, this is my guy or whatever, and that's kind of why they kind of had to go for him. So I guess they All can right. just blame the owner when he fucking, if he becomes a stiff, you know? Yeah, well, I listen, it's what they always say, you know? It's the Cleveland Browns, what could go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> but last night there was CBS Sports had a, a, a thread of tweets and it was like in 1999 you know they they took cleveland browns took tim couch and passed on don McNabb and who was the other guy there was two guys that were very good that they passed on you know and then it was like it in this year you know it, it had all the freaking guys they passed on you know how they traded away the pick for deshaun watson you know like, yeah, yeah yeah you know and then you know, they traded away the pick that eventually became Carson Wentz. You know, it's like they just, you know, they're the Browns. Yeah. So they um, had uh, on the ESPN app, you know, they've got the uh, video scrolls, um, endless video clips that you can watch. And um, they had the game day. What's what's that? College game day crew. Yeah. Uh, Lee Corso and and whatnot. Um, and on the set they had Jim Brown, who looked eerily like Bill Cosby. Uh, I had to do a double take. Yeah. But it was Jim Brown. It was definitely Jim Brown, and he was there. He wasn't. Uh, it wasn't Cor- the cause talking about getting convicted earlier today. <laughs> no, yeah, they didn't fly the cause in. <laughs> Talk about his conviction. <laughs> right, right. Um, but they do. It was. It was just as bad because they've got uh, Corso in the big head, but the big head he has on is a Mel Kiper head, and you know it's it's college game day buffoonery. <laughs> And Jim Brown looked like he wanted to beat somebody. <laughs> Jeez. He did not want to be there. He did not want to participate in tomfoolery. I mean, when I think of fun and cuddly, I don't think of Jim Brown. No, he's a dick. Yeah, he's a dick. <laughs> he's, he's an absolute dick. I remember the one time I met him when 44 is hired to give to hand out autographs out front. He was so surly about it, you know? Yeah, like, hates- I wonder how much they want. 
paying him to do that. He hates everything. <laughs> he hates. I've never seen him as an ambassador to anything. Yeah, he's always angry. <laughs> so, um, and, and listen, you know, if you look back on the history um, of his playing days, I can understand why he has some animosity to certain aspects of his of his of his life, especially his professional football life. Um, and I don't know, maybe that's just been how it's going. But at some point, then you got to look in the mirror. You know, if every time you turn the corner and yeah. step in shit, well, I don't know, maybe it's your shoes. So, um, but either way, yeah. he's definitely... I mean, he's got a bad record of treatment of women, too. You yeah, know? yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. um, but I got a kick out of seeing him, and I got a kick out of seeing him all surly because those guys were, you know, kind of clowning on him or whatever. But I mean, that's why he was good for those... Um, you know, there's exploitation films and stuff, and then just even the regular action movies because he, he is, he's naturally kind of angry. Yeah, you know? yeah, totally. He always looks like he has a, uh, you know, an axe to grind. A permascale. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but enough about the uh, NFL draft. Enough about, yes, enough. Uh, enough is enough. We'll have an, enough analysis over the next, I don't know, when do they report? Four months, August, something like that. Yeah, it never ends anymore. Yeah. Never. Um, got a couple of bookkeeping items to take care of. Um, so melancholy. Melancholy Happy Trails to a four-legged member of the DeSantis family. Uh, my oh, parents' yeah. dog, Oz, has, has finally, uh, after 18 strong years, probably pushing 19. It's a uh, long time. It is. He had a good run. Um, I house sat for my parents a couple weeks ago, um, and you know, he definitely was, was a high maintenance dog at that point, you know, had to be let out every hour, you know, overnight. You just, that's what sucks about old dogs, you yeah. know, overnight, he definitely was going to wet his bed. Um, just cause it was yep. too long of a time. He couldn't really control himself and his legs would give out. But, um, if you kind of propped him, you know, and gave him a little support and a little head start and a little pat on the rear, uh, it would get him going. And then he would go out in the yard, he'd run and he'd have fun. And, you know, he just, he would do his thing. But I guess over the last couple of weeks, he uh, had deteriorated to the point and, uh, they brought him to the vet cause he couldn't walk anymore. And the, the, the vet said, listen, he's. You know, he's, he's, if he doesn't have minutes, he's you know he's got no more than days. So, um, so they yeah. ended up putting him down, which was you know, which is always sad. But you know, it's that quality of life argument. That, yeah, you, know, you better. You, you hate to yep. you hate to make that decision, but uh, you know that decision ultimately gets made. And and, and to be honest, well, it's kind of good that that's an option for for animals especially dogs you know imagine yeah. if, if you had a dog that was in that state and he, he probably could have hung on another couple of weeks or or whatever you know oh, just no doubt. just laying there but that's no way you know there's no way for a dog to to you know to live no so way to live they put him down and rest in peace ozzy we'll miss you buddy oh. no holes to be dug however in the uh, at at Casa de Santos, they um, I'm assuming that they left him 
to be to be uh, interned or or cremated or something at the uh, at the vet. To which my suggestion was, uh, take his ashes and make a rock out of it. Hmm. You know, like compress it or or mix yeah, it in yeah, some type yeah. of something. And uh, people scoffed at me, and and I said, well, listen, if you, if 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 you are, if I predecease anybody in my family, that's what I want you to do with me. Compress me down, put me in a rock, put me on the beach, bring me someplace nice. Uh, what's the difference? This yeah. be part, at least I can be part of nature. Happy trails, Ozzy. Happy trails, Ozzy. So, um, so that's Reality that. That is that. Uh, second little piece of business I want to talk about: a little hot button, a little hot button issue, a little Uh-oh. hot stove hot topic. Oh, um, hot stove! I do. Wait, is hot stove only baseball? Yeah, hot stove is like the baseball. Only baseball. Okay. Stuff, so I'm saying, but I mean, it refers to stuff in the off season. So yeah. We're no. talking hot stove here. So. Yeah, no, no hot stove. I that's I got okay. I clearly goes a uh, uh, I misspoke there. We're gonna go hot button though. This is definitely a hot button issue in the news. Syracuse University in the news. Uh, uh, Theta Tau University. I don't want to. I don't want to rehash the whole thing. But uh, there's a few things that 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 uh, I, I noted. Got things I want to say about this. Okay. Too. All right. And you were the first person that I thought of. Uh, I don't know. A text went around a while ago, and I think uh, I'm guessing Reardon got it off of Barstool Sports. That's that's where he well, typically. And I'd already known about it before that, you know. And I'd already known about it before, like Jordan's buddies posted the thing from Barstool, and I couldn't even open because it, it was through the app. But, but you know, in their defense, they didn't go to Syracuse like Reardon did. Of course, he gets his Syracuse basketball news off of Barstool Sports too, I believe. Well, he um, loves he loves Barstool Sports. He's been it's Boston based. He's been on Barstool Sports since it was a bar, a bar room rag. <laughs> Yeah, I know. And I hate Barstool Sports because it, like, the guys, like, in Jordan, in the group uh, I'm in with Jordan's buddies, their group me chat, they're all passing around Barstool. But to me, it's just like the lowest common denominator, meathead, friggin' take on everything. <laughs> yeah, I don't know much about it other than it's based in Boston. And the one or two people that I do know uh, that, that it's not, that are not named Reardon are, are you know, our meathead, dorky, sports geeky kind of guy. And the thing is, Mike's not a meathead, you know. Yeah, you know, I think it probably started with. Don't they show like, you know, like the page five, page six girl or something like that? Yeah, and I think they they might have started while I was still living in Boston because I remember there was like I think it was like originally like a pamphlet almost, you know? Yeah, it was. It was a you, like it was a yeah. You would get it as you walked out of a bar. Like it was like a meathead sports version of the onion. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I mean, that's what it originally sort of was, you know, it was like something like that, you know, like an underground type of thing like that. So it's funny that you mentioned the onion um, because this, this, this whole Theta Tau story, you were the first person I thought of for a couple of reasons and I'll get to um, the primary reason. Speaking of the onion, did you see my favorite thing the onion did? Um, last week they put a, um, oh, the Saints are ready to pick. Uh, oh, the Saints moved up to number 14. Oh, well, we'll see what they're going to do. Take a quarterback. Yeah, I know, but they shouldn't do that. 
But um, it was a picture of like a retriever uh, with a bloody mouth. It was like a Labrador Retriever Malls 5 and Huge Victory for Pitbull Apologist. <laughs> oh, good. Excellent. Did you post that on the Two Sorry Excuses uh, social no, media? I, did. I posted it just to Facebook. I didn't want to. I didn't want. I posted with no comment too because I was like, I, I don't really want to get into it. With the pitbull apologist again. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. That's. I feel like that's worse because now you're posting it and not opening it. You're like basically saying fuck you to all those people who you, who you implicitly say fuck you to. <laughs> well, it's also like, see, it's not just me being an asshole. Yeah. No. No. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's fair enough. Although that's my other take on it. it's like. You're the fucking assholes. <laughs> so there was another. Uh, so that that kind of goes into the onion specifically. Um, kind of goes into my point um, of reference when it comes to this data towel story. And there's a great. Um, so first of all, the daily uh, daily orange, which uh, it's got to be one of the daily orange, one of the premier student-run newspapers in the country, right? I mean, forget the it's fact... It's completely independent of the university, too, which is not always common with student newspapers. And it's got um, a great history, and it those the kids in, in Newhouse are, are, you know, tops in the country. It has um, such luminaries as Fat Pat, our Daily Orange alumni, you know? Oh, that was his thing? He was, he was, I don't know if it was his thing, but I'm pretty sure he worked on it for at least okay. a year. All right. Yeah. And I hold – this is how much – this is how uh, high esteem I hold. Thamel it. was the the sports editor, though. I do know that much. Oh, Thamel. Yeah, all oh, right. Thamel's a print guy. Yeah. Right, exactly. Thamel was huge in the D.O. This is how, yeah. um, how, how high esteem I hold them is I don't even bear a grudge to the fact that they – did not run the Sanders and Jeans comic that Peters and I submitted uh, during the uh, during the comic recruitment um, week of 1996. Oh, okay. And and I I would normally hold a grudge over something like that. And the fact that I don't hold the grudge goes to show you what a class organization the Daily Orange is. And they I always loved grabbing the do. Um, you know, in, in sitting in Shine upstairs at uh, the Shine Center between classes or, you know, taking a dump in the hall languages or it was always around and it was always a good read. I'll tell you my first. Uh, I mean, I used to look at it, but it wasn't until like my sophomore year that I got into crosswords. Oh. And that's when I started getting the Daily Orange all the time. I never knew that I liked crossword puzzles. And then I there had a. Go roommate and he was struggling with the daily orange crossword puzzle and i was like and i just banged it out real quickly and i was like wait they got one of these in the do every day <laughs> <laughs> which is great be- so yeah because if you I were synonymous bring it to class every day you know <laughs> if you were synonymous with anything in the life and times of roscoe the old roscoe babyface yeah. roscoe uh, it was the fact that you were a crossword puzzle lover. He would mention that anytime your name came up. 
Oh, uh, yeah, because I'd always sit in the doorway of Fagan's, like, doing crosswords. Yeah, and he'd mention that. <laughs> I think he mentioned it a lot of the times because he didn't remember saying it the first time that I had heard yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he did make a booze note. Add- his booze-addled brain. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, Roscoe, wherever you are. <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you where. I'll tell you where he is. I'll tell you where he is. But I'll tell you later. Um. So anyway, this the do has been like nothing short of the Washington Post breaking the Pentagon Papers. They yep. have been all over this story, and in the do. Now, do you want to give people background of what the Theta Tau story is? Yeah. So you give it. You give it. You've probably got a better handle on the actual story than I do. I just have some some basic reaction. Well, um, the issue was apparently this whole uh, <laughs> these videos came out. Apparently, it's fraternity theater, which I have never heard of before. Right. And so- when it first came out, it was that um, a few videos were out there that were. Uh, posted to a secret Facebook group of them, uh, I guess, you know, being very derisive towards, uh, you know, people of color and people of various sexual orientations and people with disabilities. And, um, and I was like, what the hell is this? And I saw, you know, there was one video that first came out and the DO got a hold of it. And I think it was on April 19th itself, they actually posted it and I looked at it. And um, I didn't see what the disabilities were about because there was no issue involving disabilities in that. But they're doing this whole, I don't know if it was an initiation or whatever, but it was some type of play they were doing with a lot of uh, homosexual role playing. You know, where it's like, oh, you're going to suck my dick. And then they start saying, I swear allegiance uh, to have hatred in my heart. And, you know, and they're using the N word. And um, and then uh, they said, you know, spicks. And then they also said against uh, at the end, and what else, you know, and what else? And then he says, kikes. And I was like, well, what about the disabilities? And I don't know. It was very... Very fucking, uh, I don't know. It was disturbing on so many takes, you know? And and even a video they posted, which it must have been from either a friend or somebody, maybe a girlfriend or something, because it was a video of somebody watching it on a computer, basically. You know? Oh, okay. I didn't catch that. All right. Yeah, I mean, that's what it had to be, because it's... Did you see the video? I did see the video, and then as you mentioned that, I do remember at the end of the video you see the f- the phone pan up, and it 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 authenticates or you know quote unquote authenticates that it comes from this Theta Tau Facebook page. So you're right, oh, you're right. It was somebody who accessed it uh, and decided to um, decided yeah. I don't to know if them. it's a rogue member of Theta Tau or you know, maybe a girlfriend or something, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then um, and then it was a few days later where the, where the second video came out, a second video, not the second video, because I think there's maybe four total or something. Yeah. Um, 
And that was the one where it was supposed to be the guy in a wheelchair and stuff or whatever. He was supposed to be paralyzed. I was like, oh, that's why they're talking about disabilities. But this is the one thing when Ken Siverud, the chancellor who kept fucking up the response to this thing. <laughs> right. I got multiple emails from him, you know, as yeah. he's fucking around trying to work on his message. <laughs> so there's always three levels to an issue like this, right? There is the original offense. Yeah. There is some type of cover up and then there's some botched response from one or more stakeholders. And yeah. um without fail. Without fail, yeah. I administrators tend to get this wrong more times than they get it right, which is amazing because in this day and age, all you have to do there are only two things you have to do to be a chancellor or a a uh the head of a major university. One is raise money. Two yeah. is be prepared to speak on issues such as this that mar the good name of your university. You and the thing is, I think it first broke Friday morning. You know, either late Thursday or Friday morning. Because I remember I was at lunch when... A friend of mine who is a very woke female texted me a little to New York Times article. And she was like, uh, and she had a line from his uh, his first um, release, you know, his first uh, whatever message or whatever. Okay. Uh, whatever. I'm sorry. I got. I'm drawing a blank right now. Yeah. Uh, his response. Yes, his first response. You know, this was like a week ago, you know, and she's like, that's all, you know, it was just like, because it was so like, it was so soft handed, you know, it was just like, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know? here's my message to your woke friend. Yeah. You didn't go there. No, I know. I mean, thing was, I, I was trying to do, I was like, well, yeah, I mean, that's kind of crappy because you should be, you know, you have to. But, I mean, the chancellor's got to know his crowd, for one, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but, but all, these, all these social justice warrior butt-in-skis, hey, butt-out-ski, this is an internal, no, I know. This is an internal but matter. Then, um, but, but my response also was, I was like, theta tau. I was like, I, was like, I don't know, those guys seem like a bunch of douchebags to me anyway. I'm like, I was like... It doesn't really surprise me some fraternity doing stupid shit like that, you yeah. know. Here's here's uh, the two things you need to know about Theta Tau. One one of which I found well, it on my own. The other yeah. you you found out. One is they're an engineering fraternity. Yeah, and that's what I was gonna. Yeah, that's what's the other thing? Is that it I found out? they own their house is just a regular house. Yeah. That's how you know where you fall on the pecking order in any Greek life, but especially Syracuse Greek life. If your if your fraternity house or sorority house is not on Walnut Park, or in limited instances, uh, is not on, uh, a, what what is it? Comstock. Comstock, right? Okay, yeah, it's not okay. on Comstock. In in three or four select instances, then you are a plebe. You are bottom of the barrel when it comes to Syracuse Greek life. Now, listen, the 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 engineering component of it, I, I am, um, my my dad is a 
is a not only an engineer but a but an alumni of a, a prominent national fraternity, which I believe I don't know if you would call it an engineering fraternity, but it was predominantly engineers at the University of Pennsylvania. But with that said, all you need to know about Theta Tau is that it was an engineering fraternity and their house was just a regular... It might as well have been 1106 Madison Well, Street. and this is what I was going to say. Like, when I first read the Chancellor's response to it, his first, his first response, you know, when he, you know, when he put that out there last week, I was like, a professional fraternity? And because I thought what it was, was this. Because other shit has happened with Syracuse fraternity since we've graduated there. And sometimes it's been these fucking fraternities that I've never even heard of. They're just like these new, like new colonies or whatever they call themselves on campus, you know, and they're so, you know, and they're fucking, they're second rate fraternities and anybody's joining them. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Well, there's a vacuum that has been created because in, yeah. in the late nineties, Buzz Shaw started to crack down on fraternities. Now listen. Oh, Buzz was getting rid of them. Like when I arrived in 1994, he was in the midst of his great purge. Some of yeah. those fraternities deserve to be off campus for whatever reason. Yeah. But regardless, the university made a decision to get rid of Greek life and they really put the clamp down on uh, that whole scene. So what happened was those camp those fraternities started to get kicked off of campus or suspended so they went underground and then you had this physical vacuum of these empty houses and you also had a social vacuum because the quote-unquote frat guys are still participating in fraternity activities but they're doing it underground and then you have these other national chapters who typically don't have a stronghold either nationally or in the northeast are coming in and saying hey listen we can rent that building and we can rent that house we can have a presence and we can try to build up this area but there's no students left so they get a bunch of geeks and losers yeah, and they do this embarrassing shit. Yes. And that's what I was thinking at first. It was I was like, I've never fucking heard of Theta Tau, you know? And I you know, I was like, who the fuck's Theta Tau? That was you know no he's fly by night shitty fraternities with assholes in it, you know? Yeah. I'm a fraternity with assholes in it. I haven't watched the video and shit. Um so so then I looked it up, and that's when I discovered the engineering fraternity. I'm like, fuck. I was like, I never knew any – I never – my freshman roommate was originally an engineering major. He makes wine now. He was a fish head. Uh, I knew a couple of biomedical engineering dudes. I knew an architectural engineer, but all the engineering dudes I knew were dudes that, like, partied a bit, you know? Yeah. And it was only a handful of them. I'm like, so – you know, with all respect to your father. <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently, the Theta Tau has been there since 1925. You know, you go look at the Wikipedia page. Um, <laughs> engineers, they're not the same. They're not like us. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so I think they're very, it's a very insular culture, which is why I never knew about the Theta Tau House. 
you know? Well, it, my guess would be that it was more of, it was probably more of an honors uh, professional, almost like, um, what is that when you graduate, um, when, when you kind of graduate with honors and you're a member of... Uh, Phi Beta Kappa? Phi Beta Kappa. Or there's service fraternities that also have women, and you know you go out and you do community well, service. There's, there's an engineering sorority at Syracuse, too. But my guess is that these were more academic, uh, I don't want to say distinctions, but uh, networks that you belong well, to. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying anyway. Like Because I'm, I'm saying like, I didn't know too many engineers to begin with. Like, it's kind of a how many how many engineer majors did you know at Syracuse? Yeah, not a lot, a handful, but not a lot. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying it's kind of an insular culture. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, totally. And I, I was like, and that's what explains why I had never heard of them. You know, and, like the hippie roommate that I had, who was an engineer major, he wasn't joining any fraternity, much less the engineering fraternity. Yeah, and and, and Syracuse doesn't have a particularly strong engineering school. That probably has you know something to do with the fact that they, you know, are insulated and. Um, you know, tend to not stand out. But that this would be my guess. You, you said they've been around a long time on campus. My guess is they never functioned as a traditional fraternity. I bet they functioned as yeah. a networking organization. And then as that vacuum got bigger and bigger and bigger, they had an opportunity to have a presence on campus. And what do these organizations want? They want money. Yeah. The national... Well, the, the house is owned by an LLC that is a Syracuse run by a Syracuse graduate and it's got a, I guess it has a, uh, what is it? One of those charitable, what do they call those trusts? The IRS code for it or something attached to it. It's got like a couple billion dollars in assets tied to it or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. And I'm sure that that is, yeah. is, is some uh, relation to the national chapter in some way or another, whether it's a benefactor or a former member, because that's yeah, the, the it's a fr- former, it's a former member. It's some guy who went to Syracuse who I think lives in Florida now or something. Because so yeah, many of those houses, like the uh, yeah, he's, what was Cuddy's fraternity? Zeta Psi, Zeta Psi. When they got kicked off of campus, they rented yep. it to Sigma uh, Nu, Sigma Nu, but yeah. only the front half. Yeah, you know they there were parts of the house that were not being occupied by Sigma Nu. I don't know if 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 uh, Zeta Psi, you know had secret meetings or what any whatever, but um, yeah, they owned the house, so they needed to the national chapter needed to kind of recoup some funds, so they they rented it out. But that's that's what happens, and these organizations pop up. Um, but the 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 real uh, kind of the real shining star here is the is the daily orange and i don't know if if Catherine leffert jordan muller kennedy rose and and sam ogazelic were the broke the story but like this is some investigative reporting shit yeah it was outstanding it was unbelievable work they did they did they did a great job and the daily orange as you were saying before we we started to record it is 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 the seed for all of the other national coverage. People are just are just pilfering their 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 bylines. Yep. Right? So, you know, Washington Post, I guess, has some coverage. New York uh, 
Times has New York some Times, coverage. New York Times article basically uttered the original Daily Orange, that that one that my friend sent me. It was basically like like they just lifted the original Daily Orange article, basically. Yeah. With with the with the chancellor's statement. That's the word I'm looking for. Fucking statement. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, I'm glad we got there. I'm glad we got there. Well, I'm looking at a Time uh, a Time article, um, which I, I just see in the future. I see some type of Duke lacrosse scandal, Rolling Stone, University of Virginia athletic department coverage type of story coming out. Because it is, this is all the makings of a, a you know a Matt Taibbi piece, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and and the Time article that I'm reading, it's a five paragraph article here that Associated Press posted um, yesterday, and it, it kind of summarizes where we stand with the story. And each of these paragraphs is is telling, and it, and I have a reaction to it. And the last one is. The first reaction that I had when the story broke, um, and it made me think of you. It made me think of you. So, so the first it says uh, byline Syracuse, New York, five students. Okay, so we know the story came out. It was out a bunch of days ago, eight or nine days ago. Within that time, we've talked about the botched, uh, the botched response and the botched statement, etc. Now, this I just learned this. Uh, I guess it just happened yesterday. But the five students that were suspended for disciplinary actions. Um, when a private event uh, video was released, are now suing the university for their disciplinary actions. First yeah, of, I did see they were suing. First of all, listen, this is, I don't have a kid, right? But if I had a kid, yep. I would give him two pieces of advice. Other than the than the famous college advice that my dad gave me that I, that I hold dear and I think is the best advice that you could give anybody it's uh, it's 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 the college is fun so don't fuck it up in high school yeah don't fuck up your opportunity in high school when you get to college treat it like a job study and work for 40 hours then do whatever you want the rest of your time but do you take your take your study seriously because that's your professional responsibility other than that which to me is the is the top of of the pyramid of advice is don't eat sugar because it'll just it'll fuck you up when you're 40. Stay away from yep, it. Yep. Yeah. I, I wish I would have <laughs> followed that advice 20 years ago. And the second is you can do and say and be anything you want, but there are consequences to everything you do. So be prepared to accept the consequences. And those consequences might not come today. Those consequences might not come tomorrow. But those consequences will eventually come and you got to own up to it. Just know that you made a decision and you have the opportunity to do something different. Right? So, yep. the fact that these kids are suing tells me that they missed that lesson somewhere along the line. Listen, you can say those things. You can make that video. But you know what? It's against the rules. It's against the honor code. It's against the student conduct that you signed when you went there. And, and it's a private fucking school. And you got to pay school. the price, man. Fucking yep. suck it up. 
But that's the other side of it. It's a private fucking school. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> exactly. They can do what the fuck they want. And you got to pay the piper. You got to pay the piper, right? So yep. that's the first one. It, that's the first and foremost. That's what sticks in in my craw is that that's the kind of society that we live in, and that's probably the most troubling thing for me is that everybody there there are all these these whether you're talking about the Second Amendment or whether you're talking about um, freedom of the press or free speech, there's all these all these these rights and liberties that people hold dear that have been bastardized over the years and totally misrepresented to champion individual causes and yeah. not the collective soul right you yeah, like well, you just said you don't you don't have the right to do or say anything you want in this particular instance because it's a oh, private entity. Fuck up First Amendment all the time. You know, on both sides of the issue. Yes. People fuck it up. You like when Don Imus and all that stuff was going down years ago, you know, the right wingers were getting all pissed. They're like, that's his first amendment rights. It's like, no, it's not. No. He's he's not fucking talking in a public forum. Yes. You know, right? And the, the New York State He's speaking for a private radio station. They can do whatever the fuck they want. <laughs> the New York National Guard did not come and shut him down. Yes, he's not being a he's he's being abridged by his own employer. That's you can't just say whatever you want at your job. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. This isn't government intervention. Uh, it, on both sides of it. Here's another takeaway I had from this thing. Theoretically, these guys are engineers. And while Syracuse may not exactly be uh, Princeton or whatever, the University of Chicago, as far as engineering goes, or Harvey Mudd or Georgia Tech or whatever great engineering schools there are out there, Caltech, MIT. <laughs> right, right. Theoretically, they probably have higher... Um, they probably rate higher in these, uh, you know, in the <laughs> in the measurables uh, for academics than the average student at Syracuse does. True. Yet they fucking film this shit, put it on a Facebook group, and a one. Okay, <laughs> so that brings me to the second paragraph, <laughs> which raises my eyebrows. Is the federal lawsuit filed anonymously Tuesday? Anonymously. Step up, man. If you're going to file a lawsuit, don't do it anonymously as a student John Doe. Well, because they're hiding behind the fact that the school doesn't have to offer up their Correct. Friggin', uh, names. Yeah. Correct, but man up. And my favorite, my favorite takeaway was the kid wearing the yellow shoe sweatshirt. Did you notice that? Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, uh, in the video. video, it's like, it's like, oh, that asshole better not be from New Orleans. <laughs> yes, in the video, I did see that, which is great. Which always, that always, anytime I see somebody on a college campus wearing the apparel of another college always kind of weirds me out a little bit. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? I don't know. It's just yeah. I'm like, why do you have an LSU sweatshirt? But whatever. Um, so the 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 students filed anonymously. Um, At least it wasn't Lemoyne. <laughs> um, they are accusing the university of ignoring their rights, 
and proper procedures. Okay, now now maybe that's a legitimate claim. Maybe there are procedures that need to be followed within that document that you sign, and maybe they weren't. I don't know. I wasn't involved. But uh, they violated their rights and proper procedures, which will be remain. It will be a point of fact that needs to be proven. But subjected them to quote ridicule and scorn unquote. What? Yes, of course you're going to be subject to ridicule and scorn. You posted. An obviously racist, homophobic, and anti-Semitic. You deserve what video. You deserve. You deserve that, asshole. There are. You know what? And and yes, the other fraternities and other people might be doing the same shit, but they're not posting it to the fucking internet, you moron. Yes, that's that's the thing, man. (laughs) That's the thing. And and that's the other thing. It's like I wasn't a fraternity or whatever, but. As far as I know, all that shit was always supposed to be sacrosanct, like secretive and shit. Why the fuck are you filming all this? Right. Well, that's the problem, and that's the the whatever these kids are. I don't know if they're millennials, but like they've grown up in a in a uh, in a society where like that's what you do. I was watching this. I've gotten as we've talked about on the on the last couple podcasts. I've gotten into the WWE. Um, you know, a little more than than a grown man should be getting into. But I've been I read some stories and I get down a rabbit hole. And there was a a wrestler uh, who was fired in January because someone accused him of raping her, and he vehemently denied it. But they fired him flat out. Which, listen, in the WWE, it doesn't matter. You get to come back and. You know, you get to revisit your career. You never really are out of the industry. Um, you'd be a drug abuser, and you know, Jake the Snake Roberts got another chance for Christ's sakes. Have you ever seen that documentary? Um, yeah, but Jake the Snake. Anyway, this this chick um, was was uh, quote unquote proven to have lied like in the in the minutes after the accusation was made she had people come out uh and say no no no, listen this i have texts from this girl who said that she went willingly and it was consensual and etc and she made up this story because um she failed the drug test and her parents were going to send her to rehab blah 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 so i started to do a little research into this girl and there's videos of her her and this other guy who are YouTube celebrities. That's 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 their 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 occupation, yeah, right? Yeah, you can't trust those people. It it shows. He goes, I'm gonna I'm gonna this 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 guy who's got this evidence says I'm. This is a couple years ago. He's like, I'm gonna do a prank on whatever her name is, um, because she told my mom they're teenagers, sixteen, seventeen, whatever, uh, a couple years ago, and she he says because she told my mom that I uh, that I did coke, I did once, and she told my mom, so I'm gonna prank her, and he buys this uh, essentially fake coke, and he he videotapes her. Uh, running around on fake coke, pretending she's super hot. You know, it's like you know when when a teenager thinks they're drunk, but they haven't really drank anything, and they do all the caricatures. It always reminds me of a Mad Magazine that was a very old Mad Magazine because it was something I found up in my bedroom when I moved there after my, you know, because the upstairs bedroom, which was the attic, was originally my two oldest brothers' bedroom, and um. 
it was like a 19 circa late seventies mad magazine. And it was like numbers, you know, and one of these things they were doing mad magazine. It was like 0.37 ounces. And it was like, how much, <laughs> how much a th- teenager has to drink before they claim they're wasted. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the video of not only the girl acting stupid, and, and saying, you know, oh, my heart's racing, this is crazy, blah, blah, blah. But also doing what she believes to be cocaine on camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's, just how, that's just how these kids have grown up. With everything needs to be on video and everything needs to be posted. And look at me, look at me. So... I'm not surprised, but I'm with you that that I thought that there was some type of clandestine nature. That was the whole point of being in a fraternity. Otherwise, why don't you just do stupid shit and not have to pay dues? Yeah. And I guess, oh, it's password protected. But you know, anything's going to come out if it's been posted. Like you saw that shit happen with Josh Allen. The yes, guy, the yes, exactly. exactly. It's like they're mining up fucking... Stupid white boy teenage shit that he wrote when he was like, <laughs> "Hey, hey, hey!" Yeah, I, I think it's outrageous too. Yeah, they they came. Well, Cash is from Puerto Rico. Cash is from Puerto Rico, so he's you know he's a minority himself. And Val is from is from down south, so he's constantly fighting the stereotypes of of being racist. But I mean, he's like they're, they're fucking coming out with shit that he wrote like in 2013 or whatever. It's 2018. The guys like college senior now or something you know yeah yeah exactly exactly <laughs> now like you're like 15 or 16 it's like dude it's like anything out there that people will find that shit you know now with that said right do these kids need to have their lives ruined over this no but they need no, to they don't need they need to pay no. a price for what they did and that price is the 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 sanctions and the punishment that the university handed down and move on. And the problem was the university, they should just, they should have had some balls and just done it right away. You know, like it fucking like decide what they were going to do right away, but they were totally flat footed. They were caught off guard. Yeah. And then definitely they thought students at a university were just going to like fucking lay back, you know, I mean, a university that tries to claim that it's diverse and shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, how could you be that friggin' unprepared for this, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, we're going to put a study in to study it, basically, is kind of what he said, you know? So here's the last bit of the Times article, which made me think of you as soon as this article, uh, as soon as this video um, launched, because I pick this up right away. I don't know if 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 everybody who's reacting to this is, has picked this point up, but I think it's an important part of the conversation. And it's uh, the last article, the last paragraph of this article says, after the student newspaper revealed videos last week, the university expelled the fraternity and 18 unidentified members faced disciplinary charges. The lawsuit says the video shows a satirical roast that wasn't for public viewing. Which was the first thing that I caught on to, because they, uh, that narrator, 
introduces a another fraternity into the mix, a quote unquote yeah, other yeah, fraternity. Yeah. Else, so yeah. I didn't know if that was a rival fraternity. I didn't know if that was uh, you know, the the offshoot of the origin story of this fraternity, or if it was just a made up fraternity to you know, to 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 advance the story that they were they were advancing. But it was it was clear to me that what they were attempting to do was, if not a satire, at least a roast of another fraternity. Yeah. So that's when I thought of you because I don't know if anyone invests in satirical comedy more than you invest in satirical comedy. Yeah, but it's got to be funny. Well, well, right. Okay, so this is what I'm getting at, right? This is what I'm getting yeah. at. Uh, to me, satire, uh, you know, whatever. Satire had its place when, you know, when we were young and less and had less flaws, right? And cynicism was kind of funny at a point. The whole Seinfeld generation um, basically gave way to the relationship that Cuddy and I had then and have now, but one of the reasons that I've kind of grown It to always it, comes back to Cuddy. One of the reasons that I've gone I've <laughs> I've somewhat grown uh, grown tired of of our uh, you know tete-a-tete is that I don't I don't trade in the commerce of satire or cynicism anymore. I yeah. just, I just think I have too many personal flaws that you know leave me way open to you know turn about as fair play if I, uh, if I invest. Well, in I that. think that's why I'm the opposite of you because I always knew I had flaws and my defense mechanism was being quick. Yeah, fair, fair <laughs> enough. And I think that's probably a pretty good assessment. I didn't realize my flaws until I was close to to my forties. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I used to get. People used to make fun of me, but it's like, well, you can't make fun of me if I'm going to friggin' rag on you anyway. If you make fun of me, I don't care because I'm going to keep ragging on you. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and I'm and people are probably going to be laughing at my shit more than your shit. <laughs> so so I think that that's a perfect example of, of, of where, you know, where we stand and why we stand there, right? But you were the first person yeah. I thought of, and yeah. and I thought you would appreciate the fact that there was an attempt at satire here. Yeah. But I also knew you'd be hypercritical because you, yeah. you'd believe that it's it's only it's only worth it if it's funny. <laughs> it's gotta be funny. Yeah, and I and I think some of the laziest humor there is out there is stuff like that shit they were doing. Yeah. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. That wasn't like that you know, there's people that might make jokes involving race and stuff but can do it because they're clever you know and it's kind of stuff that relates to everybody that was just straight up racist bullshit and then the whole like gay dynamic thing they were doing that shit's just fucking lazy meathead shit as far as I'm concerned you know which that's some of the laziest Stupidest, and that's why I don't like Barstool because that's what they trade in is lazy, stupid, fucking bad humor. Yeah. You know, the shit that guy driving around with a huge pickup truck with a sticker on the back it's really funny. A guy that can't get enough of the fact that he put a picture, put a decal of Calvin pissing on the Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes pissing on a Chevy logo on his Ford truck, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I knew I knew that you would un- I knew it would send up a an antenna when you watched it. I kind of figured you would catch that they were attempting a satirical roast, but I also I mean, knew I they were trying to do something. I mean, I know it was supposed to be funny. It just wasn't, uh, but you know? I, I mean, maybe it was funny to those guys, but those, that means those are guys I would never want to hang out with. Right. You know, right. I mean, there's all kinds of guys that think all this shit's funny who I would never want to hang out with. <laughs> Although it did lead me down, uh, down a, a train of thought that I got a chuckle out of myself because, you know, I thought, Oh, well, Liv will get this. Cause Liv, you know, Live, live will pick the point out that it was satire, but he'll also, he'll also uh, mention that it was bad satire. So therefore, you know, it falls into a certain class, and it's no longer unprotected because it's not funny and it's lazy. And then I started thinking of the Onion because you love the Onion, and I, I have a great, and I came up with a great Onion headline. What was that? It's uh, although it would be about the Onion, so I don't know who would write it, but either way, the. Uh, the um, the the headline would be uh, after so many years of of uh, publication, the onion folds. Both subscribers upset. <laughs> <laughs> the onion, I even have a problem with nowadays. You know, I like the onion, but mm. ever since they sold out to like you, the Univision, the company that owns Univision, it's like, ugh, the onion's kind of big time now, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I look at it, jade it now. But, like, one of the big issues I do have, it's not with the onion. It's with the fact that because of the success of the onion, there's, and, and the availability of anybody to publish whatever they want because of the internet. There are so many shitty satire sites out there that are just straight up unfunny and and just straight up offensive in their lack of humor. Well, because it probably and goes they, without knowing any of them. I'm guessing it's because, it, to your point, they're probably lazy. Yeah, I mean, because they all just think, oh, well, they can do this. And then you'll see people like, oh, is this a real story? And it's like, if you think it's a real story, that means that's a shitty satire site, you know? Yes. Yep. Yeah. It, like, and and I know you don't really deal on Facebook, but if you go on Facebook, you see people from all sides putting shitty friggin' satire <laughs> articles from shitty satire sites that have popped up uh, to address every basic special interest there is yeah yeah <laughs> well it, that's that's interesting and it brings up a point because i've been following this um the uh the facebook uh, zuckerberg testimony um in front of congress and essentially he went in front of congress and bitch yep. slapped them around you know yeah and got out of there and basically said you guys mind your own business. We'll take care of what we need to take care of, and we'll get back to you at some point. Um, but it, it brought up an interesting discussion that I've been reading about a little bit, and it is the idea of licensing news organizations. Now, I know the libertarian in you probably is is grumbling and growling because the last thing that we need is more government intervention. However, I read a little yeah. bit about the history of uh, the FCC 
and the um, and the, the requirements for radio license and television licenses came because there was a finite amount of distribution. Therefore, it needed to be regulated or else people would be fighting over physical airwaves, physical, physical channels of distribution. And... That's how the licensing came about. Probably but, written by some government hack. But the news <laughs> escaped that because those distribution channels were theoretically unlimited because they were limited to your geographical region, right? Your physical region. You would yeah. print a paper and it would only go as far as you could get it. Especially in the early days of, of of you know commercial newspapers, and that distribution was in essence a check on your ability to report the news because it was so valuable and so costly to get to those individuals that you weren't gonna your reputation was all you had. You say that, but this is the other side of that. Newspapers have always been slanted. You know what the Rochester newspaper is called? No. The Rochester Democrat and Chronicle. You know why it's called the Rochester Democrat and Chronicle? Because it was the Democratic paper. You know, well, like that people but, just pissed because other because because the stuff because they're not allowed to fill. Yeah, yeah, but listen, you that, know, that's people fine. Have to be more skeptical, and that's my thing. I'm always like, be more skeptical. No, but and that's here, the problem is because people are sheep. No, no. That's here's the here's here's I think what what the important part of that example is that you can have a slanted you can have a slanted position and be the Democratic Chronicle, but you're still accountable. Because if there's no audience for what you're doing, you're not going to sell your papers. Eh, New Orleans was one paper town up until about five years ago. You know, I mean, I don't really buy it. I think it's just big media doesn't like the idea that everybody is able to put shit out there. You know, but they don't like the idea that people are bypassing them. But you know? the problem is, is that these these everybody's right these these quote unquote this quote unquote competition yeah. masks itself as legitimate when it has to it doesn't have to build up credibility it can fake its credibility at least the the, the I don't think it's that hard to fake because this is my problem Sanders I don't trust people I don't think. <laughs> Yeah, but there's as we say, as we say in one of the privileged areas, there's a whole lot of middle country, right? I, uh, there's a yes, ho- there is. There's a whole and lot of middle country out there that is not, and this is you know, this is East Coast elitism. This is East Coast and bias. I don't trust East Coast people either. It it that don't know any different and don't know any better because yeah. they are used to getting something that's vetted based on performance. That has now been turned upside down, and it's purely based on ability to push distribution in well, a here very I'm go with this issue. What? I think it works both ways. Like I see people, all these people, 
like if you go on Twitter and stuff, all these people you know and Facebook who who cheer for the Democrats, basically, like, oh, they can take it because they have all bought in on the other side. See, this is my philosophy about things. Wait, okay, hold on. Before you do that, though, I, I'm not talking about people being able to express their opinion or putting out product. I'm talking yeah. about people putting out legitimately fake information. No, and my real problem is not that people putting out fake stuff. My problem is that people, by and large, aren't skeptical enough because it's not in our DNA. You know, and I think it I think it kind of dovetails with everything about the way the reason why everybody says they don't like politicians. Yet we have two political parties that win 95 percent of the elections. You know, I think it's because most of mankind, most of our history, you know, primarily our history. How how has how how our governments run? They were run by kings and shit. You know, and it's like it was either the strong man that came in and kicked people's ass and protected them, you know, which now is basically the people that are voting Republican and conservative. Or you had the dream of the good king that came in and took over it and fed everyone, which is the Democrats. The real thing is most people don't want to think for themselves. They want everything to be easy, you know, and that's why I have an issue with it, you know. Because the truth is people have to be more skeptical. It's just not in our DNA to be more skeptical because we want to take the shortcut. And the shortcut is give me the facts, you know. Give me give me the true story, you know. You don't want to think about it. You want to – and they and they do the studies and it works both ways. Whatever your biases are, you're more willing to accept the story no matter how bogus it is, if it just confirms you're already biased, you know? And I, I've seen it both ways. The thing that's just pissing people off because the media that's promoting this is controlled by the left-wingers because a couple of years ago, there was a story about some girl who claimed that um, racist somewhere in North Louisiana had grabbed her and set her on fire. And then, 24 hours later, she went back on it. But all these left-wingers are like, oh, I hate our state. It's so terrible. It's like, but the next day, you know, I was like, well, you might hate Louisiana still, but that lady was full of shit. But they were all posting because it all confirmed their biases. Yeah, which you is know? fine, and but where did the story originate from? That's where I look to. Well, it originated from her, and it was posted, like, probably through – Friggin', it was posted through some online news source. You know, I'm not sure. I can't say what it was, but that's the problem. Is it's just not in people's nature to be really skeptical. You know, I mean, it's why people get suckered all the time by like these, like John Edward type of dudes and stuff. We want to believe. You know, John Edward. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally crossing over guy, and that's. That's my issue with everything. It's not that the government needs to do it. The government wants to come in and do it because the government exists to control people. <laughs> yeah, see, I don't I don't necessarily I'm know. I put on my tinfoil hat now, Sam. You, you are. You, you well, you did that a little you did that about 7 minutes ago, but I didn't want to I didn't want to call you on it. 7 years ago, my friend. What's that? <laughs> 
since I did that about seven years. Ago. <laughs> I, I don't necessarily know. We're definitely at the same shooting range. I don't know if we're shooting at the same target, um, <laughs> but we will uh, respectfully agree to disagree on this uh, on this particular topic. I just think there's no way you're ever going to filter everything through a government watchdog. It's just like I've been driving across this fucking bridge every day, which really sucks. And it's another thing I think about the whole um, the laws against texting while driving, which I think are completely fucking pointless. I hate seeing people texting while driving because they're completely dangerous. But I don't think a law that is completely unenforceable, which I say any law that at best is enforced one percent of the time is completely unenforceable as I'm, as much as I'm concerned. And if it's being enforced 1% of the time, that's a very liberal estimate, in my opinion. You know? I just don't think everything can be fixed with the law, you know? Yeah, and, and I, I get that and I understand that. But I also come uh, from a place based on my experience, based on my upbringing, based, I guess, on my personality as a firstborn child, most of what I did or did not do as a, as a, as a young child or teenager or college kid was for fear of breaking an existing rule. Yeah. So it has that effect on me. And the fact that it exists and existed or a prohibition exists or existed was good enough to keep me from engaging in that behavior. But well, and that's a problem I have with a lot of like <laughs> extreme laws. It's like people that aren't criminals to criminalize stuff. Not like texting because that's fucking texting while driving is fucking stupid. I think the problem is the unenforceability of it's my issue with it. Uh-huh. But like stuff that's commonly legal now that people want to pass laws against because there's some people that abuse it. You know, it's like criminally abuse it. It's like, well, the people who are criminally abuse it, they're criminals. That's what makes them criminals. You know? Meanwhile, the people that are can handle it responsibly, you know, you're going to punish them because they're going to follow the rules because that's what makes them fucking decent people, you know? Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. But I also see with some of those so there's a difference there's a difference between between a law that prohibits uh the use, the recreational use of marijuana and a law that has uh prohibits the use of texts while driving. Right? Sure. Yes. One Presumably, or, or at least how it's sold, is that there is some public policy benefit to outlawing texting while driving because it potentially negatively affects other people, right? I It definitely does, but... Regardless of the enforceability, I can see the value in trying to to impact the future me, the future me's, God help the world, Use. that are going to grow up knowing that that 
on its face value is 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 a bad thing because it the law said it was bad because I grew up with a very uh, a very healthy respect for the law and law enforcement. Well, you come from a family of police officers. Yeah, right? exactly. Right. 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 Yeah, right, yeah. right. But um, you know, there are some things that that don't make sense, and and you know they. And then my problem with oh, sorry. I'm yeah. gonna let you finish your point before I get in mine because that's yeah. rude. And 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 some of the <laughs> things like like mandatory minimums and three strike laws and oh, against all that and and um you know the 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 classification uh, and criminalization of marijuana have disproportionate effects. The 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 pros and the cons aren't distributionally proportioned they negatively yep. affect more people than they should for something that doesn't have a potential negative impact on society as a whole right and they more negatively affect marginalized people more correct or not you know correct like i'm not some bleeding heart but i do recognize that i'm in better position than most like I'm probably not going to get pulled over when driving just for driving. This is my problem with stuff like texting. Like, and then like, like even like the seatbelt law for adults and all that shit, you know, which used to be a secondary penalty. It was fine if it was secondary penalty, you know, like you get pulled over something else, you're not wearing a seatbelt, you get a ticket for that. Now it's a primary uh, offense where they can pull you over for not wearing a seatbelt. You know? Yeah, yeah, Same yeah, with, yeah. like, the Texan. They can pull you over for... So, like, thing is, last week they were discussing passing a law in Louisiana where even if you just had your phone in your hand, you could get pulled over for it. You know? And it's like, my problem with laws like that, like the texting law and, and like, the seatbelt law, it's like, all that's doing is giving the authorities another opportunity to have encounters with citizens who may be completely innocent, but that may lead to bad results in interrupting your life, you know? And it's easy for most of the people pushing these laws to, to say, well, we should have a law about that because it's not going to affect them most of the time because they're not in the crosshairs of the police because most of them look like me, you know? But the reality is it's like you just keep giving more reasons for why you can get pulled over. You're just giving more odds that bad shit can happen. And I think the goal should be to have as little needless encounters for pointless arbitrary encounters with authority figures, you know? I'm not talking about legalizing murder. <laughs> <laughs> unless, unless, uh, unless Meek Mill murders somebody. Yes, yes. Well, it's like my view on the death penalty. I'm against the death penalty for murder. Uh, because for one, one reason, because down here they get the death penalty, they always talk about it. It's a deterrent. It's not a fucking deterrent. I think, have we talked about this before? Did we talk about this recently? No, I don't think so. Okay. It's not a fucking deterrent. If you want to go kill somebody, you well up all this fucking anger and you go and kill them. You know? Yeah. And you don't give a fuck about whether 
you're going to get punished or not because it takes a lot in you to kill somebody. Correct, correct, you know? correct. It doesn't deter anybody. But I do believe in the death penalty as a punishment for not using your turn and signal for littering <laughs> because it would work as a deterrent in those situations. Because the first time you saw somebody get put to death for littering or not using a turn signal, I guarantee you most people will fucking quit littering and using their fucking turn signals. <laughs> like it's gotta, it's gotta be something that's so out of line with the act to actually deter it. You know, I'm not sure where you where you went off the rails more here, or when you went to see a comedy about the death of Stalin. <laughs> Ah, you got to check that out. That was a good movie. Man. I will. I will. But, um, yeah. So you talk about the what's that? Yeah. So speaking of going off the rails, I had a, I had a, uh, <laughs> I had a whole other focus uh, for this episode. Um, that Before we begin the public affairs show. That uh, I'm I'm debating on whether whether we should hold. Here's the problem, and here's here's the what we're going to run into, is um, we are taking. Essentially, taking the month of May off. Oh yeah, yeah, we are. Right now, this this happens. This is not. This is this is. First of all, it's not a. It's not a let it be situation. Right, we're not. Yeah. We're not publishing some great works and then just going to disappear for one of us to to be gunned down in in strawberry fields. Um, we we to start wings, motherfucker. We're we're planning on coming. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're planning on coming back. This is this is not a uh, this is not an indefinite hiatus. But every time every year around this time, um, I get super busy with the walk season. Yep. May is particularly tough, uh, and it's hard enough during those times where we would. And now you got your sunglasses. Now I got my sunglasses, so I'm ready, ready for walk roll. season. <laughs> And and typically recording is only part of the equation. Um, I've got to edit, so it's yeah. you know it's double it's a double way. And sometimes when we do record, it will take. Sometimes it can take up to a week because of the editing issues trying to squeeze it in with all the other. Correct. Like I was talking about earlier off, off the record about my busyness right now. It's like it seems feels like I should have time, but you just don't have time yeah. when you want to just have time to yourself. For like a few minutes every day. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. I Um, haven't even been able to get to the gym like in a while because I just don't have time for it. And when I do have time, it's like either I'm dead tired or the gym's not even open anymore. So we we agreed that it's just best to take a hiatus, tell everybody we're going to take a hiatus, and then don't Mm -hmm. expect anything from us. Um, and we'll try to do a few things, but they won't get up. Especially you, Fredo. We, we, we probably won't get them up till June anyway, but we'll try to kind of keep things relevant and lively. Well, even during our downtime. Um, with that said, we're going to lose. We, anytime we have a huge break, we lose. Our numbers go down. And we, we know, I know we're going to lose some people, and I apologize for that. But I hope the, you know, the core the core folks come back and i hope the- and hopefully yeah hopefully the people that like the show and find it interesting um you know as we're calling our new public affairs program the foil hat and the pragmatist 
I think we know who is whom. <laughs> I love it. Listen, I, I typically don't like to engage in in in, in spirited conversation, right? Because I get too anxious and and I don't have very well formed opinions about almost anything in life. But um, but I do like that. You know, I'm a sucker for a catchy name. So we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Um, but here's the deal. I, I have a very charming and endearing uh, anecdote that I'd like to share on my first um, on on my trip to Cole's first baseball game. But I don't want to shoehorn it into ten minutes. So yeah. um, it, eventually you know. it's going to be stale and it won't be worth it. So if you and I let's chat. Let's see if we can we can find a. Um, Maybe we can squeeze some time in and between we'll, now, sometime maybe before Monday. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. So let's sometime try, before. Let's try to know. hash that out. Um, and if we can yeah. do it, we can do it, and it's a good story. But if not, we will see you guys um, back uh, back here, and and hopefully the beginning of June. Maybe I can drop some things in. Um, I do have a week off right around Memorial Day. Um, so maybe I can get something in before then, but it's, you know, between your schedule, man, you know, you're banging out work. Like, I mean, like you work in the law factory full time. Oh, damn. Yeah. I just had the request malpractice and I did this dance with the lady from the malpractice insurance agency a few months ago. And then I backed out cause I, eh, but then the other day people came in who I'm not high school friends with. <laughs> who needed stuff and I'm like, well, I signed a contract. I'm like, ah, I better get in touch with that lady because I need a, I just need a part-time malpractice policy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because like I just need to cover my ass. It's like, it's one thing when you have a friend from high school and you sit there straight up and you tell him, here's the deal, man. You know? Yeah. But I can't do that with, I can't do that with people I don't know. You know? Yeah. I mean, regular people. And that's just that's just kind of the reality of the situation, you know. We, we're being pulled in in a ton of different directions, and and even when we think we have time, we don't have time. And it it it, it, it let's, it's just better to be real. It's better to to, to look at these yep. situations. Say, listen, here's what we're up against, and uh, we're going to take positive steps. I want to so we do, don't go crazy. I do want to talk about that though. So we are going to have to deal with that because I want I want to hear about Cole's first game because that is kind of a cool thing. Yeah, and 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 I think you'll appreciate it because the kind of kid he is, um, we covered a lot of ground that I I think that you would find valuable and and especially you being a, a prominent a prominent uh, figure an uncle figure in your niece's life. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. You guys have a relationship that 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 goes back to, you know, to movie, you know, birthday movie dates and whatnot. And, you know, you're I don't want to say you're close in age, but you know, you've got an appreciation for things. We went to see Chappaquiddick last Monday. Oh, there you well, go. See that? Not this past Monday, Monday before. So I know you'll, you'll... She didn't even know anything about Kennedy. Because <laughs> she's that young. <laughs> <laughs> and and let's face it, she's not from Cape Cod. No, no, no. Right. Like, yeah, um, people love him. I'm like, my friend Brian voted for that scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> they took pride in voting for him. <laughs> so I think you'll appreciate the essence of the story, but we there's also elements to the outing uh, that we've discussed 
uh, we've discussed at great length on this podcast that uh, I want to uh, I want to run by you to see how you think I did. Okay, so Excellent. so we'll try we'll, we'll try to get that organized, even if it's only a quick hit. Um, we'll try to get that up. At, yeah, uh, I'm I'm down with that at man. some point. So then, uh, well, then on that note, with apologies to Kirk's brother, uh, we'll see you guys uh, in June. Yeah, and uh, winners nachos. Get to bed, Ben. <laughs>